Welcome to the Lost Sierra Stories podcast, produced by the Sierra Institute for Community and Environment. My name is Nina Martin, the Communications Coordinator at Sierra Institute, and your host for this podcast. We wanted to start this podcast to capture stories about the resiliency and challenges facing people in our rural area during COVID-19, both to capture this time in history and to keep us connected as a community. In today's episode, we are going to hear from Sarah Murphy, who's a teacher at Portola Junior Senior High School. This past year, she taught 7th grade English and 9th through 10th grade pre-advanced placement English. Sarah's interview really showcases the struggle that I know many teachers face, which is a struggle to leave work at school and maintain a healthy balance of home and work life. Sarah touches on the added struggle that COVID-19 and remote teaching presents to this already delicate balancing act. With the new school year just around the corner, we just want to recognize the hard work and commitment of educators everywhere as they navigate this challenging time. We hope you enjoy this episode and be sure to subscribe to the Lost Sierra Stories podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. How prepared did you feel to do this? I know nobody was really prepared, right? But I I guess just to be able to teach virtually. I'd say as a younger teacher, I have a lot more knowledge in terms of technology. So that was better for me like the technology wasn't as burdensome for me as it was for some teachers who don't use it um but it's definitely a shift in teaching that's for sure um and that's hard to do when you're in the middle of like day-to-day survival how do i figure this out and then also trying to shift like everything you ever thought about education and teaching so it definitely made it feel like an identity crisis as a teacher that's a good way to put that so I guess like what are some of those things that you're that are just like so different? I mean, I know obviously being with students, you have this whole interaction. I mean, is it is it the curriculum? Is it discipline? Is it like engagement? Is it just, you know what I mean? What kind of dimensions for you are really lacking? I think definitely that relationship piece, because for me, I rely so much on that having that strong like in-person relationship with students to be able to identify behavior problems and help with behavior, being able to see their face to be like, oh, they really don't understand this concept right now. And that's really hard to do when you're not seeing their face. So that relationship piece, I think, was the biggest challenge for me. How do you feel like your students then are handling that or like, or I guess just any piece of this? How are your students kind of responding? I don't think it was a, it's not a great response. <laughs> I think they really, really struggled with this. Some kids thrived. Some did really step up and this was a great environment for them learning this way. But for most of them, without that in-person interaction with teachers and friends and just everyone else, they really shut down and really struggled. Yeah. How do you feel like that kind of manifested itself? Was that in them not showing up to Zooms, not turning in their work, not being responsive to you? I would say more work. Interesting. A lot of kids, well, yeah, I guess compared to work, a lot of kids showed up to Zooms where for my, for me, whenever I had a Zoom, it was more of a check-in, like, how are you? How are you doing? Do you need help with anything? That's me trying to do the social part of interacting with them. And then after that, no one would do any of the work. So I had 
12, and I don't blame them by any means, but I had 12 kids who completed 80% or more of their work the past few months of school. And I teach like 150. Oh, wow. So 12 kids out of 150. Right. Okay. So what was that like for you then just showing up to Zooms, trying to do like, and then only getting this like very small percentage of kids kind of turning in work and showing up? It was hard not to be discouraged and not to take it personally. I think that was my biggest struggle in just recognizing that, well, yes, some of them probably just chose not to do it, the work, and they could have. Trying to show kindness and grace to them, because a lot of them, especially at Portola, aren't in the best situations at home. And trying to understand, like, I as an adult was struggling with this, and they are as young as 12 years old trying to figure this out. What do you think about their own emotional states as far as not being able to be with their friends as much? Are they talking about that a lot? Like just the loss of like social interactions or do you think that kids are still probably seeing each other? Or like, have you heard anything about where they are with that? I think there's a mixture. So there'd be times on Zooms where there's three students and one like laptop screen. I'm like, what are you doing together? (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's definitely that. Um, but a common response is, I'm bored and I miss my friends. Mm-hmm. That, you hear that a lot. I'm bored and miss my friends. Right. So to them, I think they have a hard time. Like, again, they're as young as 12 years old. Having that social interaction with their peers is really important to them. And they're not getting that. So, yeah. Have you seen a different, like, what are some of the big differences between your seventh graders who are like 12 and 13 and your freshmen and sophomores who are like 14, 15, maybe 16? Well, in terms of school, the seventh graders definitely showed up more to Zoom and participated more because they're at that age, 12, 13. They really, really seek like attention of any kind of peers and of adults. So they definitely showed up more and they were more willing to like show their faces on Zooms and talk out during Zoom. Like they craved people. And I don't know why, but with the high schoolers, it was definitely lower engagement, not being willing to show their faces on Zooms and talk on Zooms. So that was the biggest thing. And I don't know exactly why, but definitely a lot more active engagement with seventh graders. Do you think that's just them like too cool for school kind of behavior, like not really wanting to show too much emotion or you think they were just struggling more? I feel like that's a hard one. And I I never really put my finger on it. I feel like they were struggling more and I don't know why. I don't know if it's they're more in tune with their emotions and they were able to recognize the struggle more than the seventh graders, but I'm not sure exactly. I'd have to reflect on it more for sure. What are your thoughts for the fall? Because all of your kids are ages in which they're going to be returning to school, right? They're not seniors where this is, you know, and that's a whole other thing. But um, do you think there's going to be a significant like loss of, you know, I don't know, academic structure organization or like, like, do you think they're going to be really behind? Do you feel like they're going to be able to catch up quickly? Do you feel like they'll probably have retained enough? I have mixed thoughts. I think that we were far enough in the school year 
that they have a great foundation for this year. But I also do know that at that point that we were at, like that's when you can really push them more in school because we have that foundational skill. We know each other better. So you can really push them academically. And that didn't happen this year because it just stopped. And you kind of had to go back to basics. So I think there will be a gap for sure. But there's always a gap between each school year anyways. So it's definitely something that's being talked about at the district level even. I actually am the vertical team lead for the English department. And one of the things we have done in the past week is develop essential standards. So what are the things that we must teach next year that they have to know before moving forward. So we're definitely looking at that gap that's going to happen and preparing for it as an entire district. Gotcha. Interesting. What are you most worried about for students through this whole pandemic and beyond? I mean, looking at next year, these last few months, like what are things that you've just been concerned about for students? Uh, I would say for me, just health and safety. And it's hard as a teacher, you want to be able to help every single student you have. But during this pandemic, you can't because you can reach out as much as you want. But if you don't get anything in return from them, there's absolutely nothing that you can do. Um, So for me, it's just health and safety and whatever that looks like for each individual student. So for some kids, it's being in a not great home and us not being able to know that because they can't, they don't have internet and they can't communicate that with us. It'd simply be kids who are interacting with each other and I hope you don't get sick and just everything along that spectrum. I just want them to be safe and healthy. And that must be, I mean, I know that you care a lot about your kids and then you can't even see them. So you just can't gauge, like you were saying, where they are really at emotionally. It's harder to help them in the classroom. That just has to be really frustrating, I imagine. It's very frustrating and it manifests in my dreams. (laughs) I dream about them all the time and like this feeling stuck and being unable to help. So it's definitely something for me that's on my mind all the time. It sounds like you have done your absolute best and I'm really impressed with you. As always, you're such a hard worker. You sound like an incredible teacher. So your students are lucky to have you. I'm lucky to have them. I adore them. I have the best students in the world. Aw, that's awesome. Well, I hope they hear this. (laughs) Well, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you soon. The Sierra Institute for Community and Environment is a nonprofit located in Taylorsville, California, in the eastern Sierras of Plumas County. The Sierra Institute for Community and Environment's mission is to promote healthy and sustainable forests and watersheds by investing in the well-being of rural communities and strengthening their participation in natural resource decision-making and programs. If you have a story to share, please contact us by emailing me, Nina Martin, at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at sierrainstitute.us or calling 530-927-9621.